Hi, Sound Africans. As you know, Sound Africa is working with Open Secrets on a new series called They Killed Dalsi. It's about the life and assassination of activist Dalsi September. We're excited and looking forward to launching at the end of March. In the meantime, though, we'd like to introduce our podcast listening friends to some of our podcast-making friends through a series called Friends of Sound Africa. This episode is made by our friends, Aswat, Voices of Arabia from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. They make podcasts about women from this region who tell stories about their lives, achievements, and aspirations at a time when restrictions on women have been easing. This episode is called Cat Mama, and it's about Farah, who has 300 cats living with her. She also feeds about 600 street cats. They melt your heart, you know. What can I do? They melt my heart. And uh, I do anything for them. I sacrifice whatever for them. It's a sacrifice, but they make it easier for me with all the love. And when I see them happy and I see them, they are, they are comfortable. This, this makes me feel that, that that's all I need from Allah and from them. That's it. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Hi, Farah, it's Robin. I'm waiting outside a house that's surrounded by sturdy gates and high walls, common for houses in this part of the world. But they are meant mainly for privacy rather than security. The gates are quite ornate, made from black iron with an opaque light perspex backing. At the bottom left corner of one of these gates, a part of the perspex has been removed to create a hole a hole big enough to allow a cat to enter or leave. While I wait for the gate to open, two or three cats emerge like guards on duty. More cats come out. They soon lose interest in me and disappear back through the hole. There's a huge cat population in Saudi Arabia, mainly stray cats. So many, in fact, that they are regarded as a pest by many people. One woman doesn't share this view. She's opened up her heart and her home to these animals. She's over 300 cats living with her and feeds hundreds of street cats. She calls herself a protector of cats and her home is their sanctuary. We're in an alleyway that runs the length of Farah's house. It's tiled and bolted to the wall on the right are empty bookshelves. Perfect perch and resting places for cats. Most of the shelves are occupied. Cats in various stages of repose. Some lying, some sitting. As Farah walks past, some stir and leave their posts. They follow her as she makes her way to the end. One jumps on her shoulders. She's like the Pied Piper. Meow, say hi. Say hi to Mama. Good boy. Meow. Smells? Smells good? 
This is duplicate. It's a guardian. It's a good alpha. Protector alpha. He protects the weak. Okay? My name is Farah. Everybody knows me by Farah, but my birth name is Rosa Francis Gonzalez Chavarria. I am a cat mom. <laughs> I became a protector of cats, you can say. But it was not in my, my life plan to be now. My life is dedicated to the cats. That's all I do. It's part of Islam to take care of them. It's part, it's part of our religion to, to provide for them. They, they are among us. This is what Prophet Muhammad said. They are part of us. So in those times, cats used to come in and out of the homes. They would pray next to him. They would pray, they would pray on top of his uh, gown. One time he cut it because he don't want to disturb the cat. He even drank from a, from a bowl that the cat drank. Because the cat is a clean animal. So what does that tell us? In the house now I have around 310 cats. There's three cats around 600 because there's so many areas. Around 900. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of mouths to feed daily, you know. Hello everybody, Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Gray. Gray, say hello. Come on, Gray, say hi. Say meow. <laughs> he answered again. Meow. I was born in Central America, in the very center. It's called Nicaragua. My mother tongue is Spanish. You can probably tell by my accent. My family were politi in politics. We used to travel a lot, and I used to enter U.S. many times to go Miami shopping and to <laughs> New York shopping, you know. <laughs> it was a nice life uh, when we used to return. Uh, they have returned, and they take our pictures, you know. We were like uh, celebrities, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when we, there was a war, 1979, revolution so um, we we left with just clothes few clothes and we uh, got political asylum in the US I was 17 my mom was left behind she didn't want to leave and uh, we didn't see her for seven years until we were able one of us became citizen and that's when she was able to come to us. It was, it was extremely hard. She was uh, very attached to her place, her home. She didn't want to leave her home, you know. And she thought that she would be able to visit, and it was, that was not the case. She was left behind. I went to a Catholic school in high school, the last year of high school. So I graduated from a private Catholic school in New York. Mashallah. Hmm? Come on, babies. Let's go. Huh? Let's go. Come on, Brownie. This is Brownie, my Kalishi boy. Mm, this is my Kalishi boy. Kalishi virus. It's very, very, very uh, contagious. Hmm? He came, he appeared there, and he started rubbing my legs. Then I saw his 
sick. So I put him in the cage and I put everybody in. I know this is a very bad virus, so I said I have to take all the precautions needed so I don't uh, get everybody sick in the, in the shelter. Two weeks of antibiotics and uh, infusion only, he, he couldn't eat. He had blood in his eye, blood in his nose, blood in his mouth. Yes, I love you. I love you. Hmm? Who's my baby? Hmm? He's an alpha boy though. How did you meet your husband? So, um, I was in the, in Florida already, you know, and uh, my husband, he was a teenager, like, I think 18, like that. And I was also, you know, just a few years older than him. <laughs> but he was like, uh, we met at work and he was chasing me for a while and I didn't want to pay attention to him, but he insisted, you know, so um, that was how we met. We came to this country the, basically to, uh, for Ibadah, you know, Ibadah means to worship, you know. We, before uh, coming to, to Saudi Arabia, we came for Hajj many times, for Umrah many times in Ramadan, uh, on holidays. But we wanted to live here. We love this place so much, you know. What, what do you love about this place? Well, I, I loved the Islam here. I just felt such tranquility visiting the, you know, Al-Haram in Mecca and then Medina. You know, and to see all this, all the Muslims everywhere, it just felt so good. You know, I'm so, I'm still happy about being here. I feel like this is my country. You know, I feel closer to this country than my own countries. I feel that I belong here. How long have you been here? December fifth, ten years. We didn't. I didn't come here with the intention ever of uh, having a cat shelter or working with cats at all because I only had one cat and so <clears throat> my experience with, with cats was just my jam. My husband, he's the one that said, uh, can we, we should feed the street cats and I said, oh, sure, you know, I, I, they, they are so poor, we need to do something about them. So it was just a mama and, in a, and her kittens. So. Uh, as he went and bought one small bag of food from uh, Danube, okay, that's how we started feeding cats. And uh, he, for a while, was very keen on feeding the cats. He was very, very much into feeding the cats in different areas. He, they used to feed a lot then, you know. Once, once you start feeding, you always end up rescuing. It's just like a, like a chain reaction, you know. When we started to feed cats, it was like, oh my, we don't have money for that. How are we going to do it? Then I thought about Kitty Tender Love and Care. You know, I made a Facebook page. I didn't know it's going to really, anything going to happen, okay? So I, I, I opened Kitty Tender Love and Care page and a few teachers, boom. But alhamdulillah, you know, I'm very, uh, I always like to learn. I always like to uh, do things i never done before and I didn't know much. Doing something against experience, okay? 
So some people go to college, they get a degree. I get my degree by experience, my life degree. Hi, babies, look at those ears. Look at those ears, mashallah. Mommy has fungus, probably that's why they threw her out. And the babies have, mommy has fungus on the belly. And look, the babies, they have fungus on the face. Hi, baby, don't be angry, don't be angry, okay. I was a Catholic, and, uh, but, you know, when I first knew about Islam, I realized that I've been Muslim my whole life. My, my thinking, my behavior, I was different than my siblings, you know, many, many things. I can tell you that from childhood I was already, you know, Muslim. I reverted when my son, when I gave birth to my son. And I said, that's it. I don't have any more excuses. I'm a Muslim like him. We know in Islam, we, every human being is born a Muslim. Because at that stage in life, we are all submitted. Even a, a newborn is, is submitted to the will of God. Okay? So people change as your parents. As you grow up, your parents are Catholic, you become Catholic. You're Jewish, your parents are Jewish, you become Jewish. Okay? But God says we are all born Muslims. Because it's, um, a Muslim means someone that submits to God, to the will of God. So, alhamdulillah, when they put my baby on my chest, I, I said, Ya Allah, I'm a Muslim just like him. And I took shahada next day. The, the testimony of faith, meaning that I accept uh, to be Muslim. When, when you told your family that you were a Muslim, what was their reaction? They were not surprised, and they were okay with it. My mom, not so much, because at that time my mom was still not around us, because she was still in Nicaragua, you know. Actually, my sister told me, after he died, that my dad used to read the Quran in, uh, in Spanish. But he never said, oh, I'm a Muslim or anything, but he used to read it. So when I told him, I'm a, you know, I'm a Muslim, he, he, he said, uh, that's okay with me. They were not okay with it when I started to practice Islam, when I started to want to cover, to, you know, to wear hijab, to, you know, certain things that I, I didn't want to do with them, like if they had birthdays, we don't celebrate birthdays, so I would go the day after or the day before, I would visit them, but I won't, I'm not there to make a big celebration, you know. Uh, Christmas. So I would go after, before or after, but I never went on that day, you know, as, as I used to do before. Okay, Ryan, open for me, please. Thank you. No, 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 no. They like to run. You need to be careful, especially Gray. Now it's going to be time for feeding. You can go, you can go see how they uh, set up the, the trays. We put the towel there so that uh, we don't lock ourselves out. <laughs> have you done that before? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the cats have run of your house. So we're in your, we're in your kitchen lounge area now. My, yeah, kitchen lounge area. This is where we prepare 
food for outside and uh, the outside back. Every day, same time. Mm. Yummy, they love that food. They're like addicted to these friskies. <laughs> I always pray to Allah to provide this for us. And he does. Only he knows how he comes, he comes. So as long as he provides for the cats, I, 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 I'm here to serve them. This is for the street, red and green. I have coat, okay? Red and green is for the street. I have uh, ten, 10 trays for the outside. And for there is 12 or 13 for the outside back, okay? Here we have already like one small tray here for five, six cuts that are in this open, open sala. What is it, what does it cost a month to run this? This place around 42,000. That's uh, without the rent. The rent is gift. The rent is always given to these babies. Yeah. And she's preparing for that room. How many rooms have you got? All, in, all uh, together, nine areas in the house with cats. Pretty much the whole house. These are spoiled cats in that room. Most of them are the uh, adaptable I have uh, even adaptables everywhere, but the most adaptable cats are in this room, okay? What makes them more adaptable than others? People want cute cats. Unfortunately here, a lot of people go by looks, okay? But alhamdulillah, I try to find people that not only care for looks, because then that's, that's, that's not a good parent, you know? I, I wish everybody was like me, that you can you look like a cat with missing eyes, with broken legs, with paralyzed, with shaky head. I wish we found people like this here that would go for the underdog just to help a soul, you know? But unfortunately, that's not the way it is. And I try to be very, very selective, but sometimes, even when I'm so picky, I still uh, lose. Either they return or they get lost. You know, to me, I feel that there are, there are a lot of cats in homes. Some of them have suffered, not many, but some have suffered. They have been returned to me in a starving condition because they just don't have time or they don't care. They, they got bored of taking care of it, okay? Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a cat here that she got brought here. Her, her owner called me, oh, I heard about you. He came and the kitty, the Nuri, had a broken leg. He said, my kids throw her against the wall like a ball. He said, I don't want to pay for the, the, the doctor wants 1,000 reals. So I took her. Uh, when it was two weeks, he called me. How is she doing? I said, Alhamdulillah, she's starting to put her foot down and everything. I said, can I take her back now? I said, I'm so sorry, but she's my cat. You brought her here, she's mine. And then he said to me, it's okay, no, no big deal. I can go get any cat I want. So I said to him, you should teach your children how to behave first and then go get a cat. 
So you, you see? They're toys. They're just the pastime. No, some people, uh, they shouldn't have a right to, do, to have. These, these are not toys. They are souls. They, are, they have feelings. The, every sense for them is more uh, acute than ours. So this is why when they love you, they give you so much love, they, you melt. They melt your heart. You know? What can I do? I, uh, to me, they melt my heart. And uh, I do anything for them. I sacrifice whatever for them. It's a sacrifice, but they make it easier for me with all the love. And when I see them happy and I see them, they are, they are comfortable, you know. This, this makes me feel that, that that's all I need from Allah and from them. That's it. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. What do you need to say about all these cats? Oh, boy. Now they love me. <laughs> But before they were hating me, there is one that still hates me. The owner of this house knows what I do. When we rented this house, he was aware of what we were going to do. It's in the contract that we were going to have many cuts. Many, many cuts. Okay? And he knows what I'm doing. He actually gave me his cuts. I inherited his cut. But subhanAllah, you know, he, is, he likes what I do. So he's, he's happy with how I take care of the house. If you see this house, I take care of it like, it's, you know, it will, it's, it's for the cats, but I live here too. So we must take care of this thing, okay? Anything breaks, we have to fix it, you know, I keep it clean. He's happy. He's happy with what he sees. You know what you know? amazes me about, about this is that you've got all of these hundreds of cats but it's so clean. It doesn't smell like you've got cats. I am managing this in such a way that it has to be sanitary for the cats and for us, for the human. I'm asthmatic, but look, I'm living with them. All the cat rooms have very strong air purifiers. Uh, I, I wash the ACs uh, when it's needed. So all this is maintenance, you know. So it's, all this is costly. I have to have the helpers and they have a timing for every room, okay, for this time, from this time, they are changing food, fresh food, fresh water, the dishes must be washed, right? Everything has to be sanitized. I don't take shortcuts. I economize in so many ways. I recycle, I repurpose, but no shortcuts. These are my kids. I'm a mama, so I have to look after them and, you know, people ask me, how come you get a job, you know? This is more than a job. This is 24-7. It's a commitment. I run it like I have to run it. You know, it's properly done. Some people are, I'm sure, asking the question, why? Because, I mean, it's not like you're looking after one or two cats. You've got over 300 cats. To please Allah, somehow Allah put me here for them. I didn't choose this, he chose this for me. But I'm glad he did because uh, I feel that it's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing, but it's a very scary blessing because it's a huge responsibility. It's, it's overwhelming responsibility. But as long as Allah gives me health and life and provisions for them, I'm here for these creatures. It's like a mission in life now.
it just it's not a hobby because a hobby you can you know oh i feel like doing it one day and i don't want to do it next day you know but this is something that you cannot just uh dump it it's it's now it's embedded in me or something like it's attached to my skin attached to my heart it's like attached to my brain i can't take it off this is it until it's time to go when is the time to go that only allah knows i don't i was abandoned here just like cats get abandoned so i'm an I'm a, i am an underdog just like them after 33 years uh, my husband left and left me here with this responsibility without any help without any not even a halala later on after a year or so we divorced i asked for it because he was not helping me he was not being responsible and uh, he married someone else so i don't need to have attachment to someone like that even if it's been 33 years you know so as it's hard but allah somehow made it easy for me here but when he left i i felt like the whole world is coming down and i just Pray to Allah. I I got on sujood. I ask Allah to help me. I'm in His hands. Me and uh, the cat and I, we depend on Him. We have no one else except Him, and He's helping us. Everything comes from Him, from Allah. When I get a kitty, I, I I go by their traits. You know, if they have something special or their character or something, you know, I name them like that. Mascarina looks like she has mascara, okay? Nuni, Janna, Jani, Angelina, Fluffer, Jem Jem, Rami, Leon, Noor, Snow White, Rusty, Whiskey, Lady, Dolly, Dolly Parton, okay? Dolly. Cutie, Brownie, Lulu, I have Lulu, many Lulus. I have Lulu Mohammadia, I have Lulu Shate. You've been listening to Aswat, Voices of Arabia. I'm Robin. If you'd like to find out more about what Farah does, visit her Kitty Tender Love and Care Facebook and Instagram pages. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and share it. Thanks for the feedback we've received. It's always great to hear from you. Episodes are available on iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher and TuneIn. Our website address is voicesofarabia.xyz and our email is aswatpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time. You have been listening to a podcast by Aswat, Voices of Arabia. If you like this episode, go check out the rest of the series over at voicesofarabia.xyz. This episode was produced and edited by Robin Udemans. To help Voices of Arabia, Sound Africa, or any other of your favorite podcasts, give a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. And of course, if you like what you heard, share it with the people you like. If you've heard a podcast you think we should hear, 
get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, or on our website. My name is Neo Rakajani, and thanks for listening. <laughs>